welcome to Scrolling, episode 104. Uh, <laughs> I'm Cat. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. How you doing, man? Doing good. Feeling old. <laughs> Feeling old. You know, we're reminiscing about just a couple old men back when we yeah, were some know. young whippersnappers. Yeah. Tell you how it was in our day. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not here to talk about old man stuff, or are we? We're here to, we're here to talk about the Elder Scrolls <laughs> <Aha>! Online. <laughs> uh, so Elder Scrolls Online is a video game that we play. We actually had a maintenance patch this week, which I was mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. hoping would happen because that um, that food buff bug has been so it. annoying. They did wait for like this, I think it was the second to last line of the entire patch notes, but they did. It was, yeah. It was the very, like, seriously, like the second to last thing. I was, <laughs> as I was reading through, I was like a, a, a bead of sweat formed on my forehead. It was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. But they got it. Well, I, I didn't worry too much because they did mention in that kind of opening paragraph, they, they mentioned something about it. So I knew it had to be in there. But yeah, that's been frustrating. We've been just kind of going through the, the food because you can't tell if your yeah. food buff is active or not. It's not clear. So I just kind of, approximate like oh, i guess it's been about two hours or however long and i'll just eat it we've just been going through the food i use sugar skulls which aren't yep. super cheap nope i've just been using uh new sugar skulls at the start of every bg that's what i've been doing <laughs> What? <laughs> start the bg eat the sugar skulls yeah that's what i've been doing well because it's like every time you go like that's the only way to fix the the health like the resource bar ui and like that's true i've just been living with it it just i can't handle it like it throws me off when it's super small it like stresses me out oh it sucks and especially if something if somebody does something to reduce your max health it shrinks it shrinks to like nothing looks Mm -hmm. like your health bar just disappears entirely it's like you have 12 total health yeah yeah so glad they fixed that that was like such a i don't know this small ish thing but it's so frustrating but aside from that, they uh, there was uh, some Arcanist-related stuff. They slowed down those crux triangles that rotate around your character. They go way slower now, way, way, like they're hardly even moving. Uh, and then they're also no longer permanent when you're outside of combat. They only last 30 seconds, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, good change. Yeah, that's annoying to just, I, like I would find myself like having to cast abilities to consume it just so it would go away so I can just stand there like a normal person. Some other small Arcanist fixes that aren't worth mentioning, some com- companion-related stuff, some quest-related fixes for the new content, um, some, some stuff with the, with the new trial, some tweaks and fixes to that, um, and then, yeah, that, that food buff thing. That's basically all we got in the maintenance patch. So let's talk about the Necrom chapter. Davius, I know you've been playing it lately. Did you finish the story yet, or are you getting close, or what? I, I haven't finished the story yet, but I feel like I'm pretty close. I'm pretty deep into Apocrypha uh, in, into the quest line, but uh, I'm really liking it. Like, I'm very intrigued. I'm following it. Like, it's a, it's a good story and good NPCs. Like, I like it. The zones, very, very impressed with the zones. Like, both zones. Yeah, which is surprising. Like, I expected Apocrypha to be cool, and it's held up, like, very cool zone. But, like, the Telvanni Peninsula, much cooler zone than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you know, the, that zone has really, really grown on me. Like, I, I would say that is one, maybe the most standout thing of the whole thing is, like, because I was, I was expecting that zone to be kind of boring and something I've seen a lot of before with the mushrooms and all that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, the more I explored, the more I got through the content. I completed like I I one hundred percent of the zone. I did everything. Um, but yeah, I I really come to really like the zone. There's a there's actually some really cool little nooks and crannies you can get get into in there. It has a real magical vibe to it. I said this on the Booncast last week about how like they they seem to be using the fact that like mushrooms are often associated with like wizardry and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um they kind of lean on that and, and play that up quite a bit in the zone it seemed to me. It, it definitely just had that sort of I don't know, magical shroom wizard sort of, sort of thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly and I told you a little bit about this, but I you know, I've played the Elder Scrolls games all the way back to Morrowind. Yeah. And uh, I loved Morrowind. That was the one I started with, so it's very kind of nostalgic for me. Like, that was the one I really fell in love with. But uh, I haven't felt like that. in, in Morrowind, you know, it talks about Telvanni, and there's Telvanni parts in it. But I had kind of forgotten how cool that, like, what you had just said was the mushrooms and the mushroom towers and, like, how magical they seem. And uh, I'd kind of forgotten how cool that is. And that's one of the things I really liked about Morrowind. And to see it again in Elder Scrolls is really really cool feeling and uh, feeling and they did such a good job of replicating that feeling with with updated graphics to say the least yeah yeah they they really exceeded my expectations with that uh yeah and of course uh apocrypha was just like a, a yeah, waking that, dream or something that place is nuts wait like i had high expectations for how cool that zone and i would say that that like expectations achieved like absolutely lived up to my expectations with how cool that zone is Super cool. Um, now the northern part, uh, another clear example that these devs played a lot of Elden Ring last year. Uh, that northern part of Apocrypha looks exactly like Caleb for anyone who played uh, Elden Ring. Tell tell me I'm wrong. Like th- those guys <laughs> played some Elden Ring, no doubt about it. Um, I think it's a good thing. That's a wonderful, amazing video game, and I think they've picked up a few ideas from that game that they've implemented into into ESO. We've talked about that before. But like Oaken Soul, I think is an example of that. Um, not that there's an Oaken Soul in Elden Ring, but the fact that there's an option like that that like raises the floor, but not necessarily the ceiling or lowers the ceiling. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how that game deals with difficulty. So anyway, uh, the content's awesome. The story, uh, seriously, I, I found it very captivating. I was I was legitimately like wanting to see what happened next. I wasn't just spamming through the dialogue. I was I was involved. I was really like invested in the story and the characters that I was talking to. Um, I think it seriously has been since Somerset that I felt that way about a, a chapter story that I really actually cared about this this situation here. Um, and it's twisted. It's like. It's weird. It's dark. Um, yeah. It's just it was just entertaining, you know. Like every every step of the way, you're just like, "Wow, what is this place?" You know, it's just like some crazy mind palace or something. Yeah, and it's I, I would even argue it's very detailed on like I don't know I even know how to say this, but it goes really well with the with the content and the lore of this zone. But it's like they show you this really kind of just outside the box wacky place. And then they tell you like the purpose of it in this, I don't know. It's very like innovative. Like here's this wacky, crazy place and here's the purpose of it and how it fits into this whole world of like knowledge. And it's just really cool. Like, and, and, and to see how it all pieces together, like it just seems very well thought out. Like they really put a lot of time into designing 
this entire zone and and, and this this Daedric Prince and how it works and how his world works. Like, I just thought it was like very innovative and worked together really well. Coolest Daedric realm, right? It's got to be. Oh, so far, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe maybe there'll be some cool ones. I don't really know all the Daedric realms that well, but this is the coolest one in ESO for sure. Yeah, yeah, of the ones that we have access to, the coolest one we've seen. And you were uh, saying in the Discord, and I totally agree, the, the delves in this chapter are amazing. Oh my gosh. They're like, like on a whole other level. What's crazy about that is that when I said that in the Discord, I was in, this, I was in a delve, and I was just wowed by like how massive it was, how detailed it was, and like just how crazy and wacky it was. And that's not even the cool, like, I've been in two other delves that I would say are even cooler than that one since then. Like, they even yeah. were higher <laughs> than that one. And I was like, yeah. holy cow. Like, I mean, just vast. And, like, the, and just, those little uh, side quests that you do as part of the delve, they're, they're pretty interesting, too. You know, yeah. I found those to be surprisingly, like, I'm kind of involved with this person here. I kind of want to make sure they, they get through this thing. Yeah, I've never felt like... I don't know. I, one of the coolest things about the Apocrypha Dells is like you, you're in those and you really feel like you're just in this endless, vast space. Like they did such a good job of making you feel so, your character, like you legit feel incredibly small as you're running through this place. Like I, yeah. I just thought that was so cool how they did that and that perspective that they, they kind of build for you. And you can like, as you're running around, you kind of look back at the rest of the Delve and you're like, holy cow, like this place is just massive it's like a public dungeon yeah it really yeah, is they're... i haven't been to the public dungeons yet so like i mean my expectations are through the roof right now they're pretty cool too yeah i liked them um so i uh i played the story with a brand new character with with my arcanist and i finished the story at uh level 20 right at level 20 and um that was with no training gear no i wasn't going out of my way to level or get xp i was just playing naturally just whatever happens happens I feel like that's a pretty good measuring tool. Yeah, it's not too bad. So I finished about level 20, and then I uh, I power leveled. You know, I went ahead and I put I crafted some level 20 training gear and really got my training build uh, all put together, and I was super efficient with my leveling from that point forward. Like, I didn't think about it at all, like not one iota, uh, like intentionally, uh, up to that point. And then when it's time to level, like, okay, I'm putting on the gloves, you know, like it's time, <laughs> it's time. to... It's time to get scientific with it, and I got I got leveled up pretty quick. And uh, I'll talk more about my Arcanist later on, but uh, uh, yeah, it's all pretty much put together, more or less. That's awesome. Yeah, I, f I thought the side quest, like the delve quest, the little, the little quest that you do for the public dungeons, all those things are totally worth doing in this chapter. All of them are really interesting. Um, some, of them, some of them have some really interesting twists. Um, some are pretty funny. Um, some of them give you actually quite a bit of insight into like Hermes Mora or other uh, Daedric beings. Like uh, there's this one with the Zivkin that uh, I was telling you about last night, uh, Davius, that I really, really enjoyed. Um, I won't give away too much about it, but it was like um, it just gave you a lot of insight into like who these beings are. And, you know, you kind of think of Daedric beings as like... Uh, just evil they're just demons in this game and they're just straight evil and that's all they are uh but then they have these quests that kind of show you like not, not not exactly you know that i mean that is what they are sometimes and other times they are not that at all yeah just themselves and, um, gray area for sure 
Yeah, and there was this thing kind of with a like a vague romantic sort of interest between these two, but because of how Zivkin are, it was just kind of an interesting thing how they existed around each other. Uh, that was a that was in Apocrypha. I, I can't remember the name of the quest, but it was really cool. I really just enjoyed kind of learning about these beings that you really don't know a ton about, or I don't. Um, the world boss arenas really really impressive. Like another thing that reminded me of Elden Ring, where you just kind of walk up on like, whoa, what is what is going on here? <laughs> this is obviously, is, yeah. like my my eye is being drawn to this location. Uh, Breath of the Wild also had a lot of stuff like that. Like, just the environment is just drawing you to this place. Um, yeah, the world bosses, a lot of them are super cool themselves. And more than the world boss, just the arena that they're in, like, where you fight them are are very, very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Some characters of note. Uh, the main uh, quest giver, Laramil the Wise. Um, I thought she was pretty cool. Very different for... Uh, kind of a main character that we deal with in a game is is this a brand new character i think so i don't i don't She's remember be, right? it from anything else yeah because she yeah she seems very specific to hermaeus mora so i, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident to say she's unique yeah i think she's brand new um i liked her she uh She's she's like a nerd i feel like she's a nerd <laughs> like that's my like interpretation of her character like if she was in our world she'd be like totally a gamer or something like that very logical to the point. Very, yeah. She's like a Vulcan, you know. Yeah. Just very, <laughs> just kind of straight to it. Uh, but also, like, uh, I don't know. She's she's warm and inviting in a sense, you know. She's. Uh, I don't think she comes off as ro- robotic necessarily. Yeah. And there's a there there is a softer side to her that you will. Okay. I don't okay. know if you've picked up on yet in the quest or not, but there's some other stuff. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm excited. Naryu makes an appearance. Always a pleasure. She's saucy as always. Um, the unfortunately named Scroot. <laughs> um, I liked him quite a bit. The little miniature yeah. squid guy. What watcher dude? Scroot. Scroot cool. is a lot of fun. Uh, and really cool. They do such a good, and they've done a good job of this in the past. But they did an extra good job. So, like I would say, so far where I'm at of like the how the Daedric beings handle mortals and like how they're just like yeah like, just such a different perspective of of like existence to them compared to mortals like and and screwed is always talking about that of like what matters what doesn't what's the purpose why they do things yeah oh, he makes so many cracks i think it was him that was saying like he needed you to do something and he's like maybe you can do it before you die i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>, like <laughs> i don't know how long i don't know how long y'all will last like yeah <laughs> And really cool, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but whenever Scroot's with you, you get some really cool, like, um, abilities. Like, you can activate abilities by Scroot, and, like, yeah. a giant tentacle comes out and, like, fights yeah. for you. It's pretty cool. It really led me down the path, and, and you can tell me I'm crazy on this. Like, I would say, you know, me, me and you are not big companion people. Me, probably more so than you, but that's not saying much. Like, we don't, we don't do much with companions. But, like, yeah. why not, why not? Do a companion like Scroot. Like, why not have crazy races for companions? Like, if it's oh, only yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, like have like I want a giant as a companion. Like, why not? Like, the, their target boxes shouldn't matter for that. Like, it's only for PVE content. You know, they're only limited where they can be. Like, give us a giant or give us a Scroot or give us some wacky race. You know, like you know, have a have a mammoth companion. I don't know. Like, 
I started thinking about that the other day and I was like, what's what's limiting them? Like, why does it have to be playable races to be a companion? Like, you know, give well, us I a... I think what's, what's limiting them is how, how much has to go into a companion. They have to have all these quests and all this rapport system. That's and, true. Uh, what will happen is we will get screwed as a house guest. Yeah. Or is that what they're yeah. called? House guest? Yes. Yeah. I, I agree we with you there. Get that. Definitely going to happen. And you're probably right. For companions, like you can decorate them with gear. How would that ever work on those? Like there that's probably a lot of work, but I don't know. If it ever oh, gets down thing, yeah. if it ever gets down the road where you could have some really wild, wacky, like non playable race companions, I think that would actually that'd be really cool. You know me, I just I, want a Nord, but I do think a lot of people would get into companions if you could get a little bit more unique with it. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. You know, we've said it before, but uh, the companion thing could be so cool if they would just greatly simplify what they are. Like, we don't need the quests. We don't need the rapport stuff. We don't need that stuff. What we do need is like a thousand different companions to choose yeah. from. You and know, like, that's what we need. If you give us a scroot, like, I don't need to be able to put gear on scroot. Just let me change yeah. the colors of tentacles or something, you know? Like, let me pick the three color, like, treat. Treat that companion like you would a um, a costume, you know, where you can you basically dye three colors on the costume. Make that screw like a costume. You just pick the three colors and it change, you know. Like there's still cool yeah. stuff you could do to make it unique. I just that'd be really cool. You were talking about these Bastion Nimics. I actually never did any of them, but uh, you thought they were pretty cool, right? Yeah, the Bastion Nimic. It's kind of um uh uh evolved version i guess you know like they they've come a long way from anchors i would say like these things are one they're 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 a little tricky like i would not say they're just like a breeze to get through um they they probably the coolest thing that i would say is that they they force players to group up and play together but like in a good way uh like i was telling you i actually soloed a bastion nimic uh but i do not recommend that it was not fun it was a grind it took me like an hour almost maybe longer than an okay. hour um to just grind through um but then i've since then i've grouped up and it's been so much more fun i've grouped up with random players uh in the zone that are kind of you know sharing the quest and you and you go and group up i've been very impressed with the bastionimic like they've really done a good job in my opinion not just you know for a long time it was just kind of copy and paste of the anchors it was just kind of Here's this version anchors. Here's this version anchors. I just think it's really well designed and it's a it's a very cool new fresh take on kind of what the what the anchors have become. Nice. Hey Uncle Sam and Joral. Thanks hey. for joining us, guys. Good to see ya. Um and uh I guess I meant to mention this earlier, but uh just the uh, the Arcanist class seems like it's been really well received, you know. Like, um, is oh, yeah. like compared to the last time we got a new class, uh, this one functions properly for the most part. <laughs> it works. Um, <laughs> it seems like, in my experience, they're pretty powerful. They're pretty fun to play with. They're not like totally broken OP when I'm going up against them in battlegrounds or anything like that. I think that's a pretty good sign. Like if. If I'm having fun on my Arcanist and feel like I'm I'm being successful, and at the same time, I don't I'm not I'm not feeling frustrated when I'm going against other Arcanists. Yeah. To me, that's a sign that things are in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I would say so. I I I hundred percent agree with that. And you know, I think the biggest thing for the popularity is just 
how many Arcanists you're seeing right now. Like they are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a lot of them out there. Uh, and I would agree with you. Like in BGs, I think that I've seen some that perform really well. But like when I see one, I'm not afraid to go and pick a fight with it or, or go against it. It's kind of a good balance to it. Yeah. And I was saying last time that I, I was wondering if I'm actually going to find them to be mechanically interesting. Like once you get past the visuals and stuff, am I am I really just going to enjoy the mechanics of the class? And I think so far, yeah, I am. It it actually feels a lot like playing a Dragon Knight. And uh, Uncle Zam actually put it this way. I might have just been last night. Uh, described him as a, a mid range Dragon Knight. Um, I think that's pretty accurate as far as like the the kind of like what they bring to the battlefield, like with this AOE pressure and the crowd control and that kind of stuff. And the way that they uh, deliver their damage, it's kind of like these these brutal blows after brutal blows, rather than like aligning, like making the planets align for this one, you know, big burst attack the way like a Sork does. Uh, it's more like these kind of I don't know, I don't know, just kind of like this steady march of damage that's just always coming down with this constant CC or stam draining people. Um, and um. As far as their support capabilities go, they, they do have some support capabilities. Um, I don't think they compete with Wardens at all in the, like, as far as, like, being a healer on a BG team. Uh, I think you still want your Warden as your main healer, and, and Arkin is doing, like, a 50-50 thing, probably, what they're going to be good at. Uh, my only criticism about the class so far is that they have a few dead morphs, like a few morphs of their skills that are just kind of dead on arrival. Like there's no reason to use that one when there's this one. You know, that's the only kind of nitpicky thing I have. I would even say, you know, what you were trying to talk about on the balance side is, you know, I feel like last time, last episode, I talked about one that was really oppressive. And I'm very glad that that was more a specific Arcanist. And that has not been the case for the other Arcanists. Like, Overall, I do feel like that they're they're pretty usual, uh, and that that was a very one-off <laughs> Arcanist, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that person that you saw could have put that same gear on a Dragon Knight, and it would have been equally yes, equally oppressive. Oppressive. Um. So yeah, they seem good. Uh, that's yeah, that's basically our impressions of the Necrom chapter. Uh, best chapter since Somerset. I'm going to go ahead and say pretty darn good one. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it, it seems silly, but I feel like we can't understate like just how smooth the chapter has been. Like everything's working. A few bugs. The, the food buff thing is the worst thing yeah. of the, of the whole thing, which is not bad at all. Yeah. And the meta, the meta's not broken at all. Like the meta's good in BGs. Yeah. Like everything's running smoothly. Like so it's, it's in a yeah. good spot right now. It really is. Um, we're going to take a break here in just one second. But first, I want to mention this um, Shattered Fate set. That's this new 12-piece uh, crafted set that we just got. Um, it's that one that only has a 5-piece, a 10-piece, and a 12-piece bonus. I just want to talk about the 5-piece bonus. Uh, another shout-out to Uncle Sam. He pointed this out to me. Um, if you just wear 5 pieces of Shattered Fate, that's 79-18 penetration is what is what that gives you. Um, and if you compare that to the Spriggan or the Spinner armor set, um, so that five-piece bonus gives you penetration, but then the two through four-piece bonus, like Spinner, it's like two lines of max stamina and one line of weapon and spell damage, I think. 
So if you were to replace those two through four piece bonuses with just all penetration all the way down, then that's basically what you're getting with shattered the Shattered Fate five piece. You're just getting you're getting spinner or spriggan uh, if the two through four piece bonuses were all penetration also. Kind of what that adds up to. So basically a better version of those sets because max stats aren't are not super valuable in today's meta. Max stats are pretty plentiful. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty easy to give up, you know, 2k or so worth of max stats for some more penetration, uh, a lot more damage. So and it's crafted, you can craft it in any any trait, any weight, any weapon type you want, whatever. Um, so anytime you might be considering spinner or spriggan on a build. Don't do it. Do Shattered Fate instead. Yeah, much more focused. Just all in on that pin. Yeah. Sam says he front bars on his Nightblade now. Pretty decent. Yeah, it seems like exactly that. Decent, right? Like, that's not broken. That's not a... I mean, 8,000 penetration sounds like a lot, but you have to wear five pieces to get it. But it's, it's decent. Pretty, it's pretty decent for that investment. Yeah. And I went ahead and looked at the other uh, bonuses too. Like the 10 piece is basically equivalent to another five piece set. It's basically like Julianos if it was all weapon and spell damage all the way down. Uh, and then the 12 piece, I think, is basically just like the Mother Sorrow five piece bonus, hmm. is essentially what you're getting out of all that. Um, so it's like mathematically, it adds up to like those sets or whatever but uh the fact that you can't back bar front bar anything you're not wearing a mythic all that stuff i still think those things need to be juiced up that 10 and 12 piece of bonus needs to be juiced yeah. up uh, but that five piece totally has a place you know? yeah absolutely and i think the ten, i think you're right on the 10 piece like that's a lot of weapon and spell damage but when you're dedicating 10 pieces you know i know max yeah. stats are plentiful but when you've got 10 pieces spoken for you're you're gonna be struggling for max stats and sustain, and there's a lot. Yeah, of with things. the five piece, with the five piece, that can that can be your front bar set. You can have yep. something else on the back bar, but with ten pieces, you're just you're dedicating too many pieces. Yes. In PvP world, we just uh, got out of the worst weekend ever, domination oh. weekend. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, like when they when they first announced this theme weekend, I can't remember. I, I, I feel like me personally, I was like excited about it and hopeful, like I thought it was a cool idea. So I think we were kind of semi excited about it. But I think I'm to the point where it's like, I wish it I, I almost wish that they didn't do them just because. Every yeah. time it's not deathmatch, I'm just yes, angry. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Every time it's not deathmatch weekend, it like almost. You almost have to decide, like, man, do I want to do BGs this weekend? Especially on like dom like this past domination weekend. Oh my god. Sam skipped it. Uncle Sam skipped it. I didn't no, see he it for didn't. like three He's days. lying. He didn't skip it. I logged on and he he talked. That's why I haven't finished the quest yet. I logged on and Sam talked me into doing some BGs. He didn't skip it. Don't let him trick you. Well, he held out for a couple <laughs> of days at least. I didn't see him for a couple of days. That's that's the longest I've ever seen Sam go without scrolling. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I uh I just, yeah, I think I'm done with the, uh, I think I'm done with the weekend events. They have not been a good thing, I don't think. The one good thing about it is um, there is a lot of participation, it seems, because the queues are, the queues are pretty fast uh, during the events. But otherwise, it's 
it's frustrating because you get the fast queue, but then you get in there and it's hard to actually do PVP because of all the things we've always, we've talked about a million times, right? Yeah. Like well, and that's the other, well, I think ahead. you're, I think you're just about to say it, but that's the other problem with it is it's like these weekends are only promoting more infighting within the BGs. Like it almost brings it to like a, a peak of people fighting about, you know, do the, do, yeah, the, you're right. do the right way. And so it's, oh, it's just could be better. Let's hope we're getting that lobby system in Q3. Our hearts are set on it. I need it. I really need we it. That's need like the, it. I'm like really just hanging on to that hope. Even that's not a perfect solution. Like honestly, we don't have to get into it, but it's better than nothing. It is better than nothing. I agree. Um, I just want to mention that heavy attackers still exist. Uh, this patch did nerf them, but it did not delete them. They're still out there. I see them quite a bit. Um, and, uh, we just talked about the Arcanist a little bit, but I do want to bring them back up in this PVP discussion because their effect on the meta has actually been pretty darn mild, I think, which is surprising to me. I was expecting it to be like an atomic bomb, um, but it really hasn't been, right? No, other than just the amount of them, but, like, I, I would agree. Like, there's nothing, you know, all, like, there's not been, an, like, an epic shift to, on how to handle them or to deal with them. The characters that I had that were good in the previous meta, like they're still go doing good in this meta, like an Arcanist yeah, against Arcanist. Yeah, all my old builds are still great. Uh, the meta doesn't seem like totally flipped on its head at all. Um, KDMS says Arcanist almost the same tier as Necro. I don't know about that. That seems um, a little harsh. Don't 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 be that harsh to to Arcanist. But <laughs> but there. There is maybe like a, a tiny little kernel of truth to that, though. Like, they're not like crazy broken at all. Like, I don't think they're made necessarily even the strongest class in the game. You know, I think that probably still goes to maybe sorcerers, dragon knights, wardens. You know, I don't know. Arkans is really good. They're really strong and they have a lot of great strength. They are impossible to kill. Um, and they're basically have the offense of a dragon knight but they can be a little bit further away from the fight from a little bit safer distance a little bit more team support to provide um so i mean they're a great class but um not overpowered and and surprisingly not super disruptive to the to this sort of mild meta that we have already had for a while now pretty cool i just i, I just I'm, I'm, i've been very impressed with this release of a new class compared to the necromancer i mean how long was it until the necromancer finally became playable and you know was a decent class for a little while there well and the necromancers were their own mess because it was like when they first came out they were terrible and then they made the they fixed them and they were like way overpowered and so they were just they kind of teeter-tottered back and forth they were like either horrible they didn't work and then they really buffed them up to where they were super op and then they kind of nerfed them they just this is this has kind of been a very mild release of a new character to con compared to the, the Necro that seemed to kind of bounce around a bit. Yeah. Um, int another interesting thing about the Arcanist, we've kind of mentioned it before, but I just want to sort of focus on it. The fact that they are a, a mid-range class, really. Like, uh, they're range spammable. It's a shorter range than other ra uh, range spammables. It's 22 meters instead of 28. Uh, the tentacle is 15 meters. The uh, that like rune hex thing that you like fear or charm people with that thing's a fifteen meter range. Um, your your dot that um, the rune break dot thing that you put on people twenty two meter range. Like none of their offensive abilities have the full long range. 
And none of them are the are fully a melee ability either. They're all in that middle 15 to 22 meter area. So that it's it's interesting. You can't really play them like a unless you're using non-class abilities. You can't really play them like a sork where you're like standing up on a ledge pewing down on people. You kind of have to get in the fight, but then you can kind of stand back from it a little bit and, and toss things in there. But you 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 have to be close enough where people can fight you if they want to. Luckily, they're they're impossible to kill as long as you have that yeah. that one shield ability on. No, nobody's going to kill you. Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of say. The kind of three things that I've come away with in for with Arcanists and BGs is is one, they're they're tankiness. Like that is that seems to be kind of their go to. Like they are very yeah. very difficult to kill. They they Extremely. kind of go all in on the tankiness and and kind of turtle up. Um, and then two. Well, they don't have. You don't have to build into it, though. It's just the class that's tanky. Honestly. It's just there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then two is that they, their damage seems very, like, like they have good damage, but it's very like drawn out. Like it's not stacked up like burst damage. It's kind of very. Here's this. That's gonna do good damage. Here's this because do, and it kind of follows in line of like. I don't think their burst is necessarily really high, which I don't know for in my weird mind, like that matches their tankiness. Like they're not like a high burst damage or kind of more of this. They're going to throw out methodical damage and, and be tanky. Yeah. That's why I kind of equate them to DKs. You know, it's a similar, yeah. it's a battle of attrition kind of style, but just in, in a little bit different way. And then the last one is just that we've seen this from a lot of, a lot of really good players that they, um, they're they seem a little bit dodgeable or counterable if you would like once you kind of have um an idea of their or their toolkit like they may be i don't know a, l- a little bit easier to counter than than maybe some other classes yeah that is one thing about them i think that's it is like there's a there's a ton of power in their toolkit but the way everything is put together there's a counter for everything like once you kind of figure out what their toolkit is and what they're coming at you with you you can counter them, you know. You might have to think quick on your feet or whatever, but there is always a thing you can do, uh, you know, in response to whatever they're trying to do to you. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't know. There is some depth there. Like, I've been playing a lot with my Arcanist. I've been getting a ton of kills. Uh, there are some combo mechanics. The damage is good, and I think if you play smart, you can you can get those kills. It's kind of like. Again, it's kind of like playing a DK, you know, like you'll get, there'll be matches where you get a lot of kills, but if there's some sorks, you won't get so many kills and it's just kind of the way she goes. Yeah. Um, so some tips that, um, that I'll throw out there from my experience playing my Arcanist. I've, I think I've gotten pretty decent with mine. So, uh, the impervious rune ward, that's the, the class damage shield ability and it heals you based on how, how much crux you consume. Uh, and it's like uh, double the size for the first second that it's active. Um, that's that's the carry ability. That that's it right there. You slot that ability, you're not gonna die. Um, it's just a, like vigor and that ability. That's it. You're done. You like that's survivability is covered. <laughs> the uh, the tentacle. I think that is the the undo withoutable ability. I was yeah. worried that the beam cannon was gonna be kind of the thing where all the power was. Uh, but that's really not so much the case. Uh, I think the tentacle is the thing that you kind of have to have on your build. Um, and uh, and whichever morph you choose, there's a magic morph and there's a stamina morph. 
And I think in my mind, that decides are you if you're a stamina arcanist or are you a magicka arcanist. Whichever morph of the tentacle you choose, you put your attribute points in in that stat and and go from there. Uh, so because of that, though, because of the tentacle and because it's so important and so much of your power is in that, um, I think uh, War Maiden, we, we had said before that War Maiden would be a good set for this class, but I retract that. I don't, I don't think so at all because neither morph of the tentacle deals magic damage. Mm. Um, and you really do lean on that ability, I think, uh, quite a bit. I mean, it's a 15-meter long spin to win is what it is that immobilizes people and debuffs them. Um, so you really you don't want your five your main damage five piece set to not even apply to your most important offensive ability. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that can't work. I've actually been kind of having a hard time with mine um, finding like the perfect set. I'm I'm using a a build that's good enough for now. That's just uh, gear I had in my bank, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And it's it's totally great as it is. I may not even change it just because I can't think of anything better. Um, but I think you probably just want to try to go for just straight stats rather than like something like war Maiden or something like that. Hmm. Next tip, the tide King's gaze ultimate, the, uh, the main damage ultimate, the, the tentacle dude that hangs out above your head and blasts that giant beam down to the ground. Mandatory. That's like Oof. one of the best parts of playing the class. I think hits so super hard. So hard. Uh, you'll, you'll get a ton of kills with that thing. Like you cast that on somebody, fear them with your little fear thingy and, uh, or, or charm them, whichever one you prefer. Um, you'll get a few kills out of that guaranteed. Uh, the gibbering shield ultimate, I use that as my back bar defensive ultimate, either morph. They're both good. One, one does damage based on, uh, um, damage received. Uh, the other one just gives a shield to your allies. That's the one that I use. They're both great. Um, really great. I like get out of jail free card. Honestly, I rarely use it for myself though. I usually just use it to save my allies when they need help because I have no problem keeping myself alive with that uh, impervious rune ward. I cannot remember the names of this class's abilities. That's one thing. Like all the words just kind of jumble together in my head. I can't remember what anything is called. I can't remember the class abilities on on the characters I play every day. So I'm impressed that you already <laughs> got these remembered. <laughs> No, I'm looking at this outline and <laughs> reminding myself what they are. Um, I've tried both Magicka and Stamina variants of the Arcanist, and in my experience, the Stamina version seems easier as far as like resource management and and just finding an easy bar setup and having all the tools you need and, and everything like that. It just seems a little easier on the Stamina setup. Uh, so that's the the version I think I'll be sticking with. It's weird because they have those abilities that like the cost is dependent on what it, whatever is your highest stat or your lowest stat or whatever. So kind of figuring out how much sustain you need and, and that sort of stuff for the various resources is, is trickier or it's just different than it is on other classes. Like, for example, like that uh, uh, rune break ability, it always will cost your off resource no matter what, you know, so you can't like you know, decide like, well, the, I can't afford the Magicka cost on this as a stamina build, so I'll be a Magicka build, because guess what? Now it costs stamina. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so uh, there's just some interesting considerations there, but I, I find the stamina version to be easier. Uh, and what I've heard some people say, and it makes sense to me, uh, the meta BG squad is probably still a Warden main healer, you have your Arcanist, like, Generalist, doing, like, damage and some support. 
You got your DK Brawler and a Sork. And that's probably your, your meta squad right there. We'll see. I mean, we still have some, some time for things to play out, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but that seems probably pretty likely. Sam says no. Four Necros. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, I Sam, don't know. let's test it. Let's test this. <laughs> let's test it. Actually, he, I think he's referring to there, there was one night we got four Necros together, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually surprisingly awesome. We all had the uh, the menders active at the same time, and uh, you know those things were nerfed, and they are a lot weaker than they used to be. But uh, when you have all four of them going, and they all four heal someone who's low on health, it's pretty darn effective. That's pretty. Uh, cool. We were going up against some actually some pretty legitimate squads that night too, and doing well. That's uh, pretty. It, good. Yeah, it was it was pretty hilarious. Sam says it was wild. I was shocked. <laughs> Just kind of going back to the Argonus. I, I think you've kind of re- really hit the nail on the head there with the... I think right now the the beams are kind of getting all the flash, uh, the beam ability, you know. But I mm-hmm. think you're right. I think once we see more players shift to the tentacle being kind of the go-to ability for the class uh, and the beam being more of a PvE-based ability, I think we're going to start seeing kind of the more productive arcanists or see them kind of have an uptick in 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 battlegrounds and pvp the beam is an absolute no-go in yes. pvp unless you're like maybe ball grouping or something like that but uh i've i have never been yeah even touched with it i don't think yeah but um, people are still using it you still see it in BGs all it. the time but it's it's it hasn't quite cut on that it's like it's a fun looking ability but it's not effective in pvp sometimes there's just abilities that are that way yeah, it's a blast in PVE. Um, but uh, shout out to Wanna Buy My Dog. It was pretty funny because uh, we were in voice chat together one night and we were in BGs on opposing teams and we got into a little bit of a 1v1 at one point and he was blasting that beam at me and I was running a circle around him to avoid <laughs> it. And it, So on my screen, his beam was trailing behind me by like a meter or so. You know, It was not anywhere close to touching me. But he was saying on his screen, he was leading in front of me with it. Uh, you know, so it's like it's it's a total mismatch as far as the server yeah. goes. So, I mean, just that's just an example. You have no chance. Even when you think you're hitting someone, you're yeah. not. You who know? who like, knows with that thing? It's it's a very seems like a very tricky ability to to make work. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you get the jump on some people and blast it into a group while they're CC'd and they're and they're low on stamina and they can't break, you might get lucky once in a while. Uh, but I, I've never seen it in, a, in any BGs that I've been in. I've never seen it really do much. Yeah, me either. Uh, super fun in PVE though, just blasting mobs down. I just use it as my spammable. Like when I'm doing my daily dungeons to level up my undaunted, I just take my spammable off and that's my spammable. Just it's not a bad spammable. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, yeah. And I did say necro LOL. I wrote that down on the, on the outline just because. Man, there are not any necros in this game right now. Like you, you go to a BG, you do not see any necromancers. No, not, not a not. single one. And you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but Arcanists have um, a lot of our like kind of hopes or ideas to to like maybe they could do this for necro. Arcanists kind of swooped in and took them. So yeah, all the <laughs> necro ideas went to Arcanists. So good luck, Necros. You know, we'll we'll yeah. see. Maybe something. I'm sure there. I'm sure their time will come someday, but it'll probably be a while. It'll come back, Sam. Don't you worry. One day. 
fun day. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some builds. Davis, you got a new build that's in the works. What's going on? I do. With your, what, 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 what do you got going on? So, so I've made a, a new character, a Magicka Warden, uh, the Natural Nord. I assume you're getting your mag DK leveled up first before you put all your time into this one. Not quite. So, oh, so okay. the natural Nord, or you know, the nickname uh, that we're going with, also you know, also goes by Natty Nord. Natty uh, Nord, <laughs> old, old Natty Nord. Um, you know, the mag DK is coming, but the uh, the Magden, the natural Nord, is already leveled to fifty. So I already got it to fifty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, it it has passed the mag DK, but the you know the mag DK's day it's coming any day now. Anyway. Um, but honestly, like I I this is kind of I made this character kind of in place. You know, everybody's making Arcanists and leveling them up, and I I made a Magical Warden, so uh, I am odd in that way. But I really am really excited about what this build's going to be. Uh, pretty much what it is. You know, we've kind of talked and 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 toyed with the idea of what the build uh, of this idea of the build which is basically using that new crypt cannons vestment mythic to just make a support build that is all about just giving ultimate to the team um you know i've always got some sort of wacky ultimate build you know lord of nords is a alt dk you know always find some way to make a, a alt builds all the way back to the guarplar um <laughs> with the uh with my original support character but um, kind of the whole idea was to, to make a support character that is giving great support to the team, great heals to the team, but just shooting ultimate out to the team in an extremely effective way. So we're going to kind of, I'm kind of excited to discuss this with you because we're kind of going to openly theory craft here a little bit, but, uh, cause it's yeah. just initial idea. So I've, I've got the character leveled up to 50. I've got the skill points. But I don't have all the gear put together, so I'm still kind of toying with the gear ideas or, or exactly what I want to do. But uh, kind of what I, the, the parts that I have locked in is that I'm doing five-piece Drake's Rush. Uh, what that said is is that when you, when you bash an enemy, uh, you give your entire team major heroism. Uh, and it's got pretty good uptime on that. So basically the, uh, the uptime, when you bash someone, you give your team major heroism for 12 seconds. And then it can occur every 18 seconds. Um, so pretty good uptime on major, major heroism. Uh, and then that combined with the Crypt Cannon's vestment. Um, basically, my team's got major heroism. I've got major heroism. Chris, Crypt Cannon's vestment's giving me minor heroism. Uh, I am a Nord. And so uh, the other cool idea that I like with this build is that I'm going to go with the bear ult. Uh, since the bear ult... To have the bear out there costs zero, and the actual ult ability is their kind of execute ability. So uh, I kind of looked up on the forums to make sure this would work, and it and it seemed and people have said it does. Is that I want to have the bear out there basically for free, so I can still have my ult ability. But then the bear's execute is what I'm going to utilize to give my team the ult for the crypt cannon's vestment. So kind of get the That's bear a great for free. Idea. <laughs> That's a great little hack because you still have your ultimate. Yeah. Still you have know? the bear out there doing things, yeah. uh, but still cool. shoving ultimate to the team. So basically, just with that part of it, uh, the entire team's got a major heroism. I've got major minor heroism and Nord, and then every time I've got ultimate, I'm giving my ultimate divided up among the team. So I think with that ultimate push to them, plus the major heroism, I think it's going to be pretty effective uh, to give ult out to the team. Um, 
Sam is asking if it's if there's blood spawn in there as well. Uh, potentially, um, uh, I, I, we'll we'll play through a, a couple kind of build ideas. So so option one is the the five piece Drake's rush, uh, one piece magma, the crypt cannon's vestment, which is a chess piece, which is a little unique to fit in there. And then I've contemplated. I know you'll be a fan of this one. I've contemplated doing wretched for the back bar, and then okay. the mail the maelstrom resto front bar. Um, okay yeah and so a whole lot of sustain just sustain for days to help with the support and to constantly be feeding support to the team um plus the the giving out the ult uh to the to the rest to the rest of the team so uh, i think that one would be a kind of a good spot where uh the support would still be good i'd still be able to keep up good heal numbers but also be able to give ult out to the team as well um the other option that I've looked at is swapping out that uh, uh, the uh, both of the both the wretched and the maelstrom resto for just going full arcasis front bar and back bar. And arcasis is the set that every time you drink a potion, you give your team. I can't remember how much it is, but like a I think it's like forty four ultimate. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Um, and it, it, it the cooldown on that's every thirty seconds, but. You know, when you it has to be when you drink a potion, so it'd be every forty-five seconds for me. I don't have anything reducing potion um, uh, timers, but uh, yeah, it's forty-four ultimate, and I, that was kind of my initial idea. But I've actually really pulled back from that idea because I think with the major heroism and me giving out my ult, I think that's going to be enough ult gen. I feel like that's going to be quite a bit, uh, mm-hmm. a pretty massive difference. And so I feel like this Arcasis would just kind of be, it would be stacking the ult, but I feel like I with that setup, I wouldn't be able to do really good heals. Like my sustain would probably be bad. My heals would probably not be able to be kept up. And so uh, I wouldn't be able to kind of do the support part, which is obviously an important part of the build. Jarl's uh, giving you the thumbs up. He agrees. <laughs> I think he was talking about that the other night too. Like if you invest too much in the ultimate thing, then everything else is going to suck. You yeah, know, you can yeah, only go then, so far. Yeah, then you lack in the other things. Uh, and then the other option, obviously, is I could just back bar our cases and still front bar the Maelstrom Resto. Um, but and then kind of what Sam said, another option out there is to go with Blood Spawn in place of the Maelstrom Resto staff, where I could fit the pieces around to where um, the Drake's the Drake's Rush could be on just a front bar, and then the Wretched could be on the back bar, or vice versa. But yeah, probably yeah. probably wretched on the back bar, and then that could allow me to have blood spawn. And I, I've thought about that. You know, I love blood spawn. It's nice for the ult gen. It's nice for the the defense. But um, I don't know if I want to have the front bar back bar set up. That you know, we got to remember this. The first of all, me going back to a two bar build, pretty wild. Okay, there's no <laughs> oak and soul. Crypt cannons is keeping oak and soul off this build. But uh, um, I think. It's going to be one of those options. Uh, I haven't finalized anything yet, but the one that I've I've really kind of think I'm zoning in on is the wretched back bar with the maelstrom resto front bar, just for the amount of sustain it will allow. My heals will be really good, um, and then kind of the abilities for uh, the healing. I'm going polar wind, so I'm stacking my stacking my health really high. Polar wind's an unbelievable heal. Uh, radiating regen because it'll have the maelstrom resto, uh, and then I'm really excited about this. I'm going to use the bursting vines. And so uh, just kind of bounce around to teammates from teammate to teammate, just feeding ult, you know, have the bear for a body block, uh, throwing heals, but just kind of bounce using those vines to kind of, you know, mimic any speed that my team has. 
Um, on the defensive side, I'm actually doing the crystallized slab. Since I already have the major and minor heroism, uh, I can actually do the crystallized slab, uh, which is kind of an, you know, that's a great ability. So um, no complaints right. on, on yeah. that. Uh, and then right. I'm doing the deceptive predator wings that give me the minor evasion. Um, and so um, that pretty good defense. And then, you know, speed, like I said, using those bursting vines, the deceptive predator wings for speed. So I think that it's going to have pretty good speed and then still sticking with that overall strategy of just feeding all my allies as much alt as possible, but still doing pretty strong heals. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pumped for what I think this build could be. I think it's going to be pretty neat and pretty fun uh, to see. Nice. Man, I'm glad you finally made a Magden. It's, How much playtime you think your uh, your uh, Templar healer is going to get going forward? Man, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because <laughs> they're they're both such similar ideas, but one is given full weapon damage and one is given full ult. So I don't know. I don't know if it'll depend like on the team comp that night or if one's actually going to be you know proved to be quite a bit better. So I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little worried about my my Magplar healer. Uh, finding its way on the shelf but i hope i hope that's not the case i wonder if they have close to the same like personal survivability now because templar got some survivability buffs some pretty big ones this patch yeah, that's true i know they, they seem pretty hard to kill in my experience going up against them i've actually been playing with my my templar healer uh more more than usual here lately and and the bg results have been good it's been it's been doing pretty well yeah, I've played with Betsy a few times. She's not a healer, but she's a Templar, and uh, feels good. You know, still, still Betsy's still awesome. Still good. Like I think I've been playing a bunch of Arcanists lately, like several days in a row, and I was like, man, I gotta play some Betsy. But you know what it was? I was talking to Joral at the time in, in voice chat, and I had to. I logged in with Betsy to give him a vampire bite, is what it was. <laughs> and I was about, I was about to go to bed, and I was like, well, I can't just log on with Betsy and not do a BG. And not so, uh, do a BG. So I went ahead and did one and got a, a cool little 11 and 0 real quick. No big deal. <laughs> just a quick BG <laughs> for old Betsy. Just the yeah. usual results. Yeah. Still got it. Um, cool, man. Anything else to say about the Magden? No. The Natty Nord? I'm guessing you're, you're the old Natty Nord. I'm guessing your vote's probably the wretched back bar, Maelstrom Resto front bar setup. I mean, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, probably. Rather than... Uh, Front bar or like front barring the Arcasis mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. yeah, basically wretched in place of Arcasis is kind of yeah. I be. I'm kind of with you. I would not want to be thinking about what bar I'm on to drink potions. Yes, that makes me nervous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't want to be doing that. I'm, I'm with you right there. And I, I play two bars all the time. Yeah. Plus, like on a support character, like more sustain is only just like that's just equates yeah. out to tankiness like you can't i feel like you can't have too much sustain on a support character yeah absolutely there there are those moments where like the moment you run out of magicka is when your team dies yep that's when <laughs> you die and the whole team wipes yeah cool well i have a new build to talk about as well uh it's the new class it's my arcanist um i, I mentioned him briefly on the last episode uh, his name is Randolph for now. That may change in the future. I'm not married to that name. That's just kind of the first thing I thought of. <laughs> and um, Randolph. And kind of like your Magden, this build is very much in progress. I'm not, nothing's locked in. Although, I, I don't know. I feel like I am kind of zeroing in on, on at least the bar setup that I like. I'm pretty sure the bar setup is pretty darn close to, to where it's going to end up. But the gear, I'm not sure. 
Um, not that, but the gear I'm using is pretty good though. It may end up that's I'm kind of on the fence about it. So uh, it, it's just a it's a build that was just thrown together. I got this dude leveled up to fifty. I was like, all right, it's time to do some PvP. Let me just see what I got in the bank. Threw it on him. Just get a quick build that I I know it's going to be good enough just to have a little fun and do a little something. And, and we'll figure out the real build later. Well, it's later, and I'm still using that that temporary build, which is a uh, Briarheart on the front bar with a lightning staff. Uh, Wretched Vitality on the back bar with a bow, Gaze of Sithis, Mythic Helm, three agility on the jewelry. Um, it's five medium. It's a well fitted. It's all well fitted. All bloodthirsty. Uh, I made him a dark elf, um, and it's a stamina build. All attributes are in stamina, uh, and you know there's that whole like dynamic resource cost thing. So he he still plays like a mage. Like I I originally wanted a Magicka Arcanist. Uh, but because of how everything works, like I just change my attribute points to stamina, and it's it's still the same build. Otherwise, you know, I don't I don't change a thing about the bar setup. I still have a lightning staff, and it still basically functions the same way. But I just have a little bit more comfortable time with uh, defense, basically. Hmm. Uh, so um, serpent moon stone for a little bit of extra sustain in the combo. I just talked about some of the abilities. I recommend using for this uh, for the Arcanist. So uh, I don't use the beam. What I do is I have that fulminating rune on the back bar at that AOE sticky dot. So I start on the back bar with the bow and do a light attack into the fulminating rune. Uh, and then I bar swap, hit them with the tentacle to get that, that abyssal ink on them. Uh, I spam the rune blades a couple of times and then I put the fear on them and then I go back, <clears throat> go back to spamming the tentacle uh, to execute them. And remember, you got that Inspired Scholarship, your weapon damage buff. When you cast that thing, it's making all your uh, class abilities do extra damage every three seconds as well. That Fulminating Rune, that sticky dot, it actually has a six-second delayed burst attached to it as well. It's not a huge burst. I think for me, the, t the tooltip is like 7 or 8k, something like that. Not huge. Um, but that, with the Inspired Scholarship and all the other stuff that kind of lines up at the same time, it ends up being pretty decent burst. Um, and that tentacle, that tentacle slaps, dude. Uh, also the rune blades, like a lot of people complain about it because it's, uh, it's those three projectiles in a row and they travel pretty darn slow through the air. And that is true. Uh, but when they all hit, it's a lot of damage. I think mine's like 13, 14 K tooltip for a spam mm. for an instant cast spammable. It's pretty yeah, darn that, good. That's high. Yeah. Um, and then when I have the, what I call the squid ultimate, the watcher tentacle guy, of course, just. <laughs> Put that on people as often as possible. Oh yeah. Um, I mentioned the beam earlier, but also I tried out the healing beam as well. It's also a no go. People move around way too much, especially when they're low on health. You know, they panic, they start dodging and running and stuff. You're not going to heal anybody with that beam. So neither beam. Don't even mess with them in PvP. Uh, there, there may be situations where they could be usable, but probably not in BGs. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the offense. It's a, it's fulminating rune. Hit them with the tentacle. Spam the rune blades a couple of times, and then fear them, and then back to the tentacle, and you'll be hitting them with that tentacle right about the time that that fulminating rune is exploding. Uh, and there's all this kind of other damage happening behind the scenes as well, as long as your buffs are up. As far as defense goes, it's just vigor and that impervious rune ward damage shield. That is basically all you need to stay alive. Uh, I do have the Evolving Rune Mend. That's the, the class spammable heal. It works 
uh, the same way as the damage spammable. It's like the three rapid successive heals all, all at once or all in a row. Um, but I never use it on myself. I only use that to heal allies. It's the only reason I have it slotted. So it's actually an optional ability. I might end up putting something else there. But I really like being able to heal people with it. But it's difficult to use. It's not an instant heal. It's like a very short heal over time is what it is. Hmm. So like, you, you know, like if you're on your Templar and you see someone who's like at 10% health, you get a good breath of life crit on them and they're, they got a full health bar just yeah, in the blink of an set. eye, you know, uh, that is not going to, ha- that person is dead meat. If you're, if you're, if, if, if it's an arcanist that's trying to heal them up, <laughs> uh, cause those rune blades are going to take forever to get there. They travel so slow. And then once they do get there, it's one, two, three, you know, you don't even get them all at once. Uh, so you, they're just going to get executed. It's not going to save them the same way a breath of life or a shrewd offering or something like that can. So have you, have you done that heal? Like people are like, say you have a teammate, they're running away. You see them at low health, you throw the heal at them, but before the runes get to them, they're dead. That I, I have had that happen. Yeah. It doesn't always, I mean, so oftentimes I am able to save them, you know, cause they're, <laughs> they're dodging around and avoiding executes and stuff. And I'll, they'll manage to stay alive long enough to get the heal. Uh, but in those real crutch moments, like where, where a Templar would have instantly saved that person or a warden, uh, not the case with the Arcanist, but I think the way the Arcanist would go about that would be to cast a damage shield on them. And that's kind of the clutch thing that they could do there. Uh, so I think if, yeah, if you're trying to make an Arcanist support focused build, it's going to be all about those damage shields. Uh, they really don't have great healing. They have amazing damage shields and just a little bit of healing basically <laughs> and then that gibbering shelter ultimate for emergencies that's super duper clutch and it uh you know that that's the morph that every, as long as you're taking damage it's refreshing a damage shield on your allies every second i think it's giving that to yourself as well it looks like it is to me um anytime i cast that thing i basically can't die huh and I got to say, the fashion's pretty on point. His look has evolved a few times, but I'm pretty happy with it by now. I got him looking pretty good. I don't know how to describe it, but I just wanted to mention that uh, he's, he's looking good. <laughs> I think I've seen his most recent look. He is looking good. I didn't even mention old Natty Nord's fashion. Oh, he's looking good, too. He's looking I, real good. I, I like his setup. He's, he's looking nice. He's looking nice. Yeah. He definitely, yeah, he's, he's the perfect, like, he looks like a Nord. He also looks like a Warden. It's like all... He looks natural. <laughs> He's old Natty Nord. Yeah. All right. Well, we got some emails to get into. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. If you'd like to send us an email, um, you can well, you can ask us questions. You can make us suggestions for the show. Uh, tell us a joke. Say hello. Shout out to a friend. Uh, Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, first email comes from TJ. TJ says, I'm a new listener and absolutely love the podcast. It's my favorite ESO podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, TJ. <laughs> that's yeah. it. No question or anything. Just, yeah. just a little bit of encouragement. Always that's great just, to hear. That's just TJ being nice. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, TJ. He didn't have to be nice like that, but he did. Next email comes from Grizzly Khan. Shout out to Grizzly Khan. Shout out, Grizzly Khan. Uh, so GrizzlyCon picked up on that uh, Buff Mary Nerf game that uh, Pelinal wrote in last week. Grizzly's calling it Buff Slot Nerf, which that makes sense. I get that. Uh, so he has a bunch of examples that he came up with. So we're gonna we're gonna take a minute here to 
to go through these and see what we want to buff, what we want to slot, what we want to nerf. Um, so our favorite mythics is the first one. Uh, so the Sithis Helm, uh, Oaken Soul, and Stormweaver. Buff, slot, or nerf? You go first, Davius. What do you All think? All right. This is um, this is a tricky one. That is I, tough. It's a tricky one because, like, on a lot of these that we're going to talk about, like. The nerf was the tough part for me because some of these, like I, I, I listed nerf, and I don't necessarily think they need to be nerfed, but I like that I had to fit them in somewhere. So on this pick, one, pick one. Yeah, I went uh, buff Stormweaver. Okay. Slot Oakensole, and this is true. You know, it's it would be very easy for me to say to buff Oakensole, but I truly believe Oakensole is in a good spot where it's at. So I, I went buff Stormweaver, slot Oakensole, nerf Sithis. Nerf Sithis. And I mainly went with that because I went with kind of a popularity. I feel like Sithis is probably the most used of those mythics. And so I'm big I'm big on if it's like the more popularity it has, like let's let's do something to make the the other, you know, to to promote other sets to be used. I think let's see, what do I think? It's tough. Man, it's <laughs> it is game. tough. It's hard. It's a toughie. Yeah, I think I would buff Stormweaver and slot Sithis and nerf Oakensole. Oh, That's what I would do. Oh, Oakensole has so many things you could like nerf that and no one would even notice. Just take the the minor vital or minor mending minor mending out. I of it. would. No notice. one's even going to notice. I would you notice. I would know. I would know. <laughs> yeah. I every every day I log in, I count all the buffs. I count all of them in a row just to Where's make sure. Where's my minor mending? Where's wait, a my, wait a minute! I am one short today. <laughs> yeah, but I think but we're both in agreement. Buff Stormweaver. That's yes. one like nobody uses that. Yeah, and I think it's good, but I just yeah, I think it needs if you buff it a little bit. I think it would uh, promote the use of it, and I I'm always for that. Just the uh, that 300 Magicka recovery, just bump that up a little bit, I think. Might be enough. Yeah, might be. All right, Grizzly's next one is Class Warfare, Dragon Knights, Wardens, or Sorcerers. Buff, Mary nerf. What do you think, Ooh. Davies? So I'm going, this one now, now, you know, I was trying to be unbiased in the first one. Now I'm going to sound super biased. This one's in tough. This one. But I'm going to go, this one's very tough. Very but I'm going to go buff DK. Uh, slot hey. the sork, so leave the sork <laughs> alone, and then nerf mm. warden. Uh, I I don't think that DKs need to be buffed. I will say <laughs> <Wow>. that. <laughs> I will say that right now. I don't think B DKs need to be buffed, but uh, I think sorks absolutely don't need to be buffed. Uh, I think that the way their kit is right now, that they don't necessarily need to be nerfed either. And I still think warden overall. Is kind of the best all around class, so that's how they ended. That's how they ended in the in the nerf for me. Oh boy, Joral. we got riot. We got riots in the chat. Warden main Joral says, "Now we riot." <laughs> I'm interested to hear. I'm interested to hear your your select. This is a tough one. This is a toughie. I am going to say buff Sork, which I never thought those words would come out of oh, my mouth. Oh. But uh, they need a burst heal that isn't the bird. I will say that. Uh, nerf DK, keep warden. Ooh, ouch! So you you uh yeah you went full full different from mine. Yeah, because so I I kind of like where wardens are at right now. They're super strong, but th what what they're good at is basically just providing a really strong foundation for a team. 
and like 1v1 and Warden's no big deal, you know, like I don't, I think the way in which they're overpowered is kind of a healthy thing uh, now that the frost spam thing is in the past. DKs are too strong, okay? They're, they're just a little too spicy. They can, they can <laughs> the, be toned down a little bit. The biggest thing with the nerf warden to me is just the immediate, the immediate nerf would be to get rid of the uh, frost staff. Like, change that ability up. Yes. Yeah, I've, that doesn't necessarily need to be a nerf. We just need to make a lateral move so yeah. that we can unstaple the frost staff from their hand. Yeah. That was, that's a dumb thing. Yeah. So, all right, there's that one. Um, delay cast spammables is the next one. So uh, we're talking about crystal frags, snipe, and dizzying swing or wrecking blow, either morph. So um, I go first or you want to go first on this one? You go first. Okay. It gives okay. me time to think about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> the chat to riot for my answers. Uh, so anybody that plays with me knows I'm a brawler at heart. Like I want to be up in the fight. So I'm going to go with buff dizzying swing. And I'll say dizzying swing specifically because I think wrecking blow is actually in a semi-decent place. But I'm going to say buff dizzying swing because swing? Okay. I, you know, there's just a special place in my heart for the old school days where dizzying swing was just everybody was out there de-swinging. I mean, it was just the old days. That, uh, was, that was a great time, man. Man, those were true. Those were the true brawling days. I mean, everybody had this massive two-hander and we were just beating the, t I mean, just the, beating the tar out of each other. The dizzy onslaught executioner meta back when dizzy still knocked people up in the air. Yes. Oh, man. Back when you could still uh, like dodge cancel ultimates and stuff, man, yeah. a different game. So I'm going to go buff dizzying swing. I'm going to slot snipe, keep snipe where it is, and I'm actually going to go with the nerf for crystal frags. And I don't necessarily need think the crystal frags needs a nerf, but if I'm, if those are my three, then crystal frags ended, pick one. ended with the nerf. KDMS says D-Swing users are real chads. <laughs> Uncle Sam says you're spot on with your picks there. Woo, I won, I won Sam back over. I won Sam back over. All right. I'm going to say always nerf snipe anytime we have the opportunity, so we're going <laughs> to go ahead and nerf snipe. Uh, hurts, I think That hurts the point blank snipe, though. You can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's going to be casualties. Uh and then I think Crystal Frags could certainly use a buff. You know, it gets dodged a lot. Uh, you, you only get to cast it. You, you typically only cast it when you get the special proc. Uh, I, I think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to buff Crystal Frags. Uh, D-Swing, I think, is a pretty decent ability. I think, I think it's all Listen, right as it is. This is I just want to point out, this is two, <laughs> two in a row you want Sorks buffed. Just want to point it out. Right yeah. now, episode 104, Ket, new, you know, Releasing updating news, Cat says buff sorks. <laughs> I've actually secretly been a sork main this whole time. This guys. whole time. Been, <laughs> just been lying to you. Um all right. Now we have um ultimates that buff your damage. So onslaught, dawnbreaker, or end cap. What do you think, Davies? This one's easy for me. Once again, okay. brawler at heart, buff onslaught. Uh, okay. no, it's just not used anymore. Would love to see Onslaught get a little bit of buff. Uh, slot uh, the Donnie. Dawnbreakers are yeah. it's, it's in a great spot right now. Not not too strong. Takes you know you have to aim them well. Like they miss, uh, but they're a great ability. And then I'm going to nerf Incap every single chance I can. Get. <laughs> it was just buffed. You're just going to no. take that buff away. <laughs> take it away. Nerf it. 
Nervous. I think I think I totally agree with that. Let's buff onslaught. Donnie's a great ultimate as it is. Always nerf the nightblade. Okay, the next one is Fallen Mythics. We have uh, Ring of the Wild Hunt, the Torque of Tonal Constancy, and Pearls of Elnafay. Which one's the pearls? Which one's the pearls? Do is pearls that the teabag of, one? No, pearls of Elden oh. is the one that when you use a healing ability and you have uh, less, you have so little of your resources. When you're under a percentage of your resources, you generate ultimate. So you oh, can like, yes. if you okay. don't have enough healing, you can just spam that, and your ultimate will just climb. I, yeah, that's right. I remember now. And you used uh, uh, regen because it's really cheap, right? To proc yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 I loved. Okay, pearls. I remember now. So, this is a this is another tough one. So we have wild hunt, torque, and pearls. Sorry, yeah. just reminding. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel good about it, but this is what I, this I have to put them each in a category. So this is the way it came out. I'm gonna buff okay. pearls because I love I love alt gen items, and okay. I think the idea of pearls is there. I just think it could maybe be tinkered with to to get it maybe a little bit more popular. But uh, I do really like the idea of the of the pearls of Elnafe. I'm going to slot Wild Hunt. I think it's still a great mythic, not used near as much, but it's still great. You can throw one ring on there, and you are you just have a super speedy character. I think it's in a good spot. And so I hate to admit this, because I love the Torque, but it is the one that ends up being nerf- nerfed. I don't know how you could nerf the Torque. Like, yeah. it's, it's in such a bad spot, but I guess you could, I, if I have to nerf one, I'm going to nerf the Torque, because, I mean, let's be honest, the Torque has been replaced by Wretched Vitality. Uh, Wretched Vitality is just a, a better uh, version of the Torque, and you can put it on your back bar. Um, and and then other... you're freed up to use other mythics that yes. give you more value. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I guess the Torque, the nerf for that one, it just needs to be potentially deleted. <laughs> this one's tough because I, I want to say buff all three because they all yeah. three. I mean, I guess that's all, what Grizzly's calling yes. them fallen mythics. The fallen mythics, for sure. Um, well, let's see. I really, my heart wants to buff Wild Hunt. And, uh, (laughs) the reason is because like speed is what I like more than anything else in my builds. And I can, I can never justify equipping Ring of the Wild Hunt in my builds as someone who loves being fast. Uh, that just never finds its way, and I don't think it quite offers enough. Yeah. Uh, even though it seems like a lot, I think it it needs to be a little bit more uh, to be worthwhile. Um, you know, the torque is actually pretty darn dense. It doesn't get used a lot, but it actually is dense. I think you could nerf it, and it would still be very usable. Uh, so let's just go ahead and give that the nerf, even though I wouldn't I wouldn't actually want to nerf it, but we got to pick one. Gotta pick one. And uh, we'll just keep Pearls how it is, I guess. The old Pearls of Elnafe. Yeah. They could all use a buff in reality. Yes, they absolutely could. All right, next one is Delayed Burst Abilities. So we have Sub Assault or the other morph, Deep Fisher, uh, Deep Breath, the DK ability, uh, and Blast Bones or, the, or either morph. So Sub Assault, Deep Breath, and Blast Bones. What do you think? Oh Davis? boy. I'm gonna need I need I need Sam to have earmuffs on this one. <laughs> I need him to have earmuffs. Yeah, oh, I boy. oh boy. Oh <laughs> 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 boy. So, he he's so enraged he can't even spell right. Oh boy. 
So I'm going to go with uh, buff on deep breath. I love the deep breath ability. i got to give, you know, shout out to Uncle Sam. He's the one that showed me the deep breath ability. It's fantastic. I love it. But I do think I do think it could use, you know, a little a couple. I'm, I'm not looking at this from like a full class perspective. I'm just looking at the specifics of the ability. Uh, so I would say buff deep breath slot sub assault and uh, nerf nerf that blast bones. <laughs> nerf that blast bones. Doesn't it seem ridiculous to be asking for a nerf to necromancer? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. But if anything of theirs could use a nerf, though, right? That, like, yeah, that would be... it's the blast bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, delete God. the freaking class already. Oh, man. Uh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay, I, I, will, I will throw Sam a bone. I'm going to say let's keep blast bones how it is. It's basically Necromancer's only good ability at this point. Uh, and it's not super reliable in like a BG situation. It, it often does not make it to your target. So let's keep blast bones. Let's nerf deep breath. DKs are strong enough as they are without it. Uh, and uh, sub assault can be buffed. Yeah, I could see that. The sub assault, I feel like, lost a lot of its uh, potential with that new timing thing, especially yeah. the Magicka version. You got to wait six seconds for that. I mean, six seconds is an eternity in a BG. And to wait that long, it's it's kind of messed it up. It's messed up the flow of that ability for sure. Yeah, for sure. They added that second hit and then kind of spread the damage out across those hits. And I, yeah, just, it's not as impactful as it used to be. So that seems, that feels good to me. Blast bone stays. We nerf deep breath. We we buff sub assault. A little different. Little different than mine. Mm-hmm. Little different than mine. Next category is Burst Heals. So we have the Matriarch Sorcerer Ability. We have Nightblade's Shrewd Offering. Uh, and we have the Warden's Soothing Spores. Uh, burst Heals there. Okay. Can you imagine trying to make a Necro build work with a nerf Blast Bones? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like all they have. It's I it. mean, the class is horrible. One more nerf to them, what's it going to hurt, you know? Like, yeah. let's keep the other, like, let's not bring the other classes down to their level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, take over the teams, Zab. Come on, you're Come already on. down there. You know? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Matriarch, Shrewd Offering, Soothing Spores. What do you think, Davius? So I'm going to go buff Soothing Spores just because I feel like that that's an ability that really isn't no used. Uses. Yeah, it's just yeah. not ever used. Why uh, do that when Polar Wind exists? Yeah, exactly. And so I would say buff Soothing Spores. It's a cool idea. You know, you have an opportunity to have a stamina-based, you know, class heal, like a burst heal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Slot the Matriarch. I think the Matriarch's a very I mean, strong heal. It's a good heal. Yeah. And nerf offering. Offering's way too good. There's no way, way there's no way you can convince me a Nightblade needs that strong of a heal. I'm against it. That strong of a heal for that low of a cost. That's the thing. It's it's the yes. it's the low yeah. cost that really makes it like over the over the top. Yes. Uh I have the exact same answers. Yeah, let's get let's get soothing spores on some people's bars. Let's buff that thing. Uh nerf shrewd offering, always nerf the nightblade. Uh <laughs> and matriarch's a great ability as it is. I'm with you. Uh, I think we've only, I think there's maybe only been two that we've been like exact the same on. Yeah, that's just true. I think that's only the second one. <laughs> um, 
Okay, resource boosters. So, uh, Markin, Def Dealer's Fet, and Trainee. So basically, two two mythics or the Trainee set. So I'm gonna go buff Trainee just because. Uh, really, the thing with the Trainee is I was I wish there was some way for it to kind of work like the new Arcanist abilities do. Like if it if that set was somehow smart enough to give you the resource that you wanted it to, then instead of the two slot, always give you Magicka. Like if it's, I wish they would just put, I wish they just put the line of stamina first. Well, yeah, or, or that like, yeah, swap the magic and stamina. But I I just think if there was, it'd be really cool to me if there's a way that it, the second, the two piece would buff, you know, whatever your higher stat was. And then the three piece Mm -hmm. would buff your lower stat or something. The one piece, right? It's just a one piece gives you the thing, right? Well, one piece gives you the health. The two piece, oh, the two, right. the two right. and right. three is when it gives you the the actual resources. Uh, I'm gonna go buff trainee. Uh, I'm gonna slot uh, death dealers uh, fet. I think I'm saying it right. Yes, this is Grizzly Khan's yes. email. So goodness, I can't get it right. Um, <laughs> and then I'm gonna nerf Markin. And I've got to be honest, death dealers fet and Markin are not mythics that I use, but I feel like the the Markin ring is just. Very, very popular. Very popular. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back on what I said earlier. Like too popular, nerf it, make it less popular. Um so I'm gonna flip flop Death Dealer and Markin. So yeah, I think go ahead and uh did you say buff trainee? Buff yeah. trainee. I think buff trainee. Uh I wanna nerf Death Dealer. I think it's just a little too juicy. I think Markin's okay. Okay, okay. Um. Okay, next one is Stoons Mythics. So Mythics that have been nerfed <laughs> severely. <laughs> Super nerfs. Uh, oh, Joral wasn't happy with my last. <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting the side eyes. That dealer's a little too juicy, Joral. Um. Okay, so Mythics that have that have received the Stoons treatment, they've been nerfed too hard. So we have Velothi Ermod Mages Amulet. That's the new one that was hilariously nerfed. Uh, Thracian Stranglers or the Esoteric Environment Greaves, the other new one. Uh, so, what do you think? I've got to go with Buff Thracian. For anybody that remembers, the Thracian Stranglers went through such a saga of nerfs and buffs, and cha- it was an unbelievable saga of changes to the point that the, that what they are now isn't even remotely the same item of what they originally Yeah, it's been reinvented a couple of times. Yes. And so I've got to go buff Thracian. I'll always a part of me will always hold out to to that Thracian Stranglers will be a usable mythic one day. Uh I'm gonna go slot the Velothi. I still think you can get use out of it just for the crit damage. Or is it crit crit chance or crit damage? I can't remember what it gives you, but uh I think that there's still uh, a way to potentially you get penetration get and Okay, yeah, I think the penetration is the main thing you get in PvP with it. Yeah, you can get, still get something out of it, and I will always, always nerf Esoteric. Anything that has that design of just tanky, unkillable, stand there, nope, I'm out. That Always nerf that. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, Esoteric is the one that can be nerfed there easily. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. Thracian, man, let's... Let's make Thracian good, you know, like for, for once and for all. Finally, please, let's do it. <laughs> uh, and then Velothi. I guess it can stay. 
It's not good, but you know you can it's at least get good. you can at least get something out of it. Thrasian, you throw Thrasian on right now, you're going to get yourself like murdered. It will kill you. Thrasian's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I wouldn't. I actually do. Yeah, Velothi should be uh, buffed in reality, but that, that doesn't work with the rules of the game. <laughs> and then basic damage sets. Last one we have Briarheart, Burning Spellweave, and then Grizzly told us to choose a third one, and we chose Seventh Legion. Uh, yep. Uh, so I'm going to need uncle Sam to get earmuffs again. He's, I need him to have the earmuffs. I'm going to go buff seventh Legion. Uh, I still hold like to the, I like the idea of seventh Legion cause it, 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 the, the proc for it is every 15 seconds. So it's got a hundred percent uptime and with vigor, I don't know if they fixed it, but you should be able to use vigor. And every time you use vigor, it should proc this set to give you the damage buff. Uh, or the damage, yeah, the damage. I think uh, they. I think I remember seeing that in patch notes that they did fix that. Nice. At some point. So I like that idea. So I would say buff seventh legion. Um, it needs a little bit more. It needs a little bit more weapon damage. It's just too low. Uh, I think it used to be better because it has the health recovery, but health recovery is just not what it was. Um, so I'm going to say buff seventh legion. I'm going to slot Briar Heart, and that leaves me to nerf Burning Spellweave. And here's my thoughts on Burning Spellweave. Burning Spellweave still, like, I hate to say nerf a classic set that is, like, through all of this time, it is still held on, and it is still a very good set. But uh, I've always struggled with Burning Spellweave that if you have uh, a Mag DK, that it's, like, you have to have Burning Spellweave. And so any sets that are, like, the, the, like this is the, the plug-in set, I always have trouble with. So I would say nerf Burning Spellweave. Yeah, this one's a tough one. I mean, I think Seventh Legion is an easy an easy one. Buff that for sure. Mm-hmm. But then the other two are tough. Briarheart and Burning Spillweave. They're both just pretty solid. Yeah. Uh but uh, I think yeah, I would I would buff Briarheart. Uh it could use a little of the the heal that you get from Briarheart is nothing. Like I think I was looking at my combat metrics. I got like a my average heal with from Briarheart was like twenty-four or something like that. <laughs> uh so yeah buff briarheart uh nerf burning spell or no keep briarheart nerf burning spell weave uh buff seven Le- buff seventh, seventh legion. legion yeah there you go thank you very much grizzly con great email yeah that was great that was a lot of fun uh so uh next email comes from wanna buy my dog shout out to wanna buy my dog one of our one of our discord friends uh uh, Dog says, if there was a slap skill, uh, a slap skill line in the game, what would the abilities look like? Uh, for example, an ult could be uh, front hand, back hand. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, an ult could be front hand, back hand, referring to the key and peel skit. Uh, you slap someone so hard, all their gear gets removed and they have to leave combat to re equip it. Uh, so I'll, I'll go first on this one, Davius, okay, okay. uh, because dog is clearly wrong. The ultimate has to be the E Honda hundred hands from street oh, fighter two. I mean, that's just street, obvious. We're street having street fighter two turbo super Nintendo. Yeah. Oh dude. Huge street fighter fan. Love it. <laughs> uh, that new, that new street fighter was it street fighter six. I think that just came out. looks pretty darn good. But yeah, the E Honda hundred hands, that's your ultimate right there. Nice. Um, then you just have your basic slap as your spammable. And like, if you do it in 
like cast within one second or something like that, then it'll do the alternating front hand, backhand, front hand, backhand. <laughs> Maybe it can gain damage with successive casts. Uh, like if you keep doing it, you know, nice, it kind of nice. builds up. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's such a, it's such a like insulting way to hit someone. Right. So I think it should inflict a new status effect called demoralize, uh, which <laughs> prevents the, the target from attacking you for one second. <laughs> nice nice um and then okay so then you can do like a a double ear clap like you're doing like symbols around somebody's ear okay so that's your that's a like a melee range single target unblockable stun Mm kind of like a fossilized (laughs) kind of thing right because you can imagine that'd be pretty disorienting oh yeah you around the ears oh absolutely that's a good that's gonna stun you uh next one i have is a is a butt slap Oh, All right, nice. so uh, so you can slap yourself or a teammate on the rear, and it and it generates an aura of goodwill and camaraderie <laughs> to your group. Hey, don't uh, they granting- think that, that, new, that new trial set gives you some sort of <laughs> bonus like that, right? You can give you that same buff. <laughs> yeah, goodwill and camaraderie, which nice. grants you some some buffs. I don't know. We'd, we'd figure out what buffs it would give you, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 some sort of heal at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could have an AOE spammable, which would just be the windmill hands. You know, <laughs> you just do the windmill arms swinging in the air. Nice. Uh, that's Very my spell nice. line. That's what I have. Those are my that, ideas. That's that is that is fantastic. That is, <laughs> I would immediately start leveling that skill line. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, very good, very good. Uh, I I kind of did the same thing. You know, the the five abilities plus the ult. Okay. Um, so, so I went with just the classic, the backhand. That's your, that's your, that's your slap spammable. Probably has an immobilize, you know, to go with it. But it's just okay. the simple, the backhand. Uh, and then I've got the the defecting, you know, the deflecting slap. You know, when somebody comes to slap you and you throw your arm up in a deflecting way. Okay. So yeah. that's that's some sort of shield or deflection type ability, you know. But sure. that's that's your defensive ability. And then, okay. uh, and then I've got the uh, I've got the two-handed slap. You know, when you put your hands together and really hit them with the the, the two-handed slap, uh, that's your execute slap right there. That's just you're okay. going all out your executability in the skill line there. And then I've got the love tap. Uh, this is similar to your <laughs> butt slap, but this is the okay. love tap, and this is your heal ability. The old love tap. That's your nice. that's your that's your slap healing ability. It's gonna have you know maybe some buffs, a little bit of heal to it. And then uh, I've got the wind-up slap. And this is where you really you know, you take a couple, couple steps back and wind up into it and hit him with the slap. That's clearly your delayed burst slap. Okay, uh, right there. Right. That's, your, that's your delayed burst. Uh, and then the ult, for my ult slap, I've got the full uh, you know, dad joke, uh, old-school children's play. What's that on your chest? Where you point to their chest, <laughs> they look down. And you just smack them as they look down. That's that's your ultimate ability. They fall for it. So so what I think this should do because anytime you land one of those, everybody around is giving you you know everybody's hitting the oh it's everybody notices everybody sees your shame. So it's it's an AOE stun. It's taken everybody's attention in the area, and then it's just massive single target damage because the amount of shame when you can land that on somebody, there's just no recovery. Gerald just had a great one in the chat. He said, spit slap. Enemies hit, gain major berserk, major and minor <laughs> vulnerability. You spit on your hand and slap them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> so it, gi- it gives them it gives them major and minor vulnerability, but also major berserk because they're all pissed off that you spit on their face. That's great. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's great. That's that good. One. That's so good. I love the Looney Tunes uh, ideas for this. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading Uncle, Uncle Sam's. Sam. <laughs> Alt says. The ring hand slowly add rings to your fingers, and when done, and when done, smack the something out of your opponent. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, the ring hand. Turn you, you you turn you turn it so that the the gemstone is facing palm down. Oh yeah. So when you slap them, mm-hmm. slap them on top of the head with it. Mm-hmm. Something my grandpa used to do. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, one of by my dog. That's fun. That's a fun That's email. Good. That's a great one. That's a great one. Next email comes from J, uh, JJ82. JJ says, hey, guys, I recently found your podcast, and I really enjoy it. Uh, I've listened to all your back catalog, and it has gotten me motivated to try the PvP side of ESO. Uh, I've been playing ESO for several years, mostly on the PvE side of things, as I don't really understand the PvP side of it. Uh, for example, my main is a high elf, uh, Oaken Soul Magplar with Hexos's Ward and Pillar of Nern with 4,800 spell damage unbuffed uh, and about 11k penetration. Is this good for PvP or what changes should I make? Um, I'd like to be able to do Cyrodiil mostly solo and be effective in BGs. Uh, is there a build you would recommend to someone just starting out in PvP? I'm open to any class as I don't really have a clue how to be effective at building a PvP character. Any help will be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Jay. Um, so yeah, we can. I think we can definitely try to help with uh, with that. Davis, do you have any ideas? What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's there's so many different ways to answer this. One, you know, like if you're really if you really like the Templar class, then there's definitely a way that you know you can absolutely do that. Um, I, I think Oaken Soul is a great way to go in PvP. I've mentioned it multiple times. Like. I lean on on Oaken Soul a lot. Like I I have limited playtime uh, with how much time I can play and how much real life kind of pulls me away. And Oaken Soul is a great balancer where I can kind of um, you know low ceiling but 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 uh, high high floor. Uh, and I absolutely lean on Oaken Soul for that. So I definitely think you can if you like Oaken Soul, you can definitely go with that build uh, on your current build. Probably the biggest thing I would say is just that Hexos Ward. You know, we talk about this a lot, but but damage shields outside of the, all, what we just said about the Arcanist, they're a little bit unique in this. But damage shields and PvP are really a struggle. They get a a fifty percent nerf to all damage shields, and so it's very difficult to make uh, damage shields effective in in PvP, especially uh, BG. So um, I think you'd probably you know swap that Hexos Ward uh, set out with probably something uh, a little more damage focus or something along those regards, but. Probably the biggest thing I would say is if you're wanting to go in into PvP um, and have kind of just good uh, success and and have fun and get a lot of kills is you know I'll, I'll defer to uh, Uncle Sam's Sam Sork build. We talk about it a lot on the podcast, but you know you can kind of make your own version of that build um, if you have a Sork, and it it really does. You can take that build into BGs and you will immediately start getting kills. Uh, and it's a good build. It's a good build to kind of go into BGs and have success and not get completely demoralized if you if you get tough BGs. It kind of leads you and gets you a taste of that success, and so you can kind of start down the road of, of PvP and BGs. 
uh, Sam in the chat, he says, uh, Opinion, 30K uh, HP, Major Evasion, uh, Vampire Stage 3, uh, Add Vigor and the Bubble, and a Burst Heal and the Beam. And you basically have a viable PvP build for your Templar there. Yeah, I'd say that that's all great advice. Um, I'll say the very best PvP build is the one that you feel most comfortable with. Um, you know, there are certain classes that are stronger than others. But that is something that is always changing, and whoever's on the top right now, they're not going to be there forever, and there will come a time that your class is on top. And if yeah. you're maining that class, and you're having good success with that class already, and then they find themselves on top, guess who's really on top then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so every class is viable. Every single class is completely viable. Even the the lowly necromancer can can do very well in the right hands, as long as you... Just understand what the class is capable of, understand what your limitations are, have realistic expectations. You know, don't expect a Nightblade to perform the way a DK does. Don't expect a DK to perform the way a, a Sorcerer does. Um, those kinds of things. I will also criticize your gear just a little bit. Uh, I would I would use this uh, Combat Metrics add-on. If you, if you don't have it yet, install that. Uh, do some PvP and see how much you're getting out of that Pillar of Nern set. I have, I suspect that that's not getting a lot of, it's not putting out a lot of damage for you. Mm -hmm. um, so you you may you may just want some different gear there. Um, there's there's a lot of great gear. Just one quick example build I can give you that I think would be totally great. It would be uh, like a Wretched Vitality back bar, Orders Wrath front bar, Sithis Helm, Sugar Skull's food, use a sustained Mundus Stone like like the Serpent, <laughs> um, One Piece Magma, Two Trainee, Bloodthirsty Jewelry, uh, do well-fitted armor or sturdy if you prefer to block rather than dodge. Um, you know, those things, you put all those things together on a build, it doesn't matter what the class is or whatever, what else is going on in the build, that's, that's going to be a solid build. We were talking about this in the Discord last night with some friends, with Joral and Sam and some people. If you have Wretched Vitality, Order's Wrath, Sithis Helm, Sugar Skulls, a Sustained Mundus, One Piece Magma, Two Trainee, Bloodthirsty Jewelry, Well-Fitted Armor, that's a good build. You know, like whatever results you get in a BG or whatever, you can't blame it on the build if, that's, if, if you have those things there. So that'll do you well. That's just one example, right? That's just one example yeah. of some, something that's going to give you some good stats. Uh, another option uh, would just be like Oaken Soul with like Orders Wrath and Gormond and use a bow as your as your main weapon. Uh, the reason for the bow mainly is because it's ranged and it also lets you have a uh, major expedition without uh, taking up a bar slot because of that last passive. Uh, that's what's really nice about using it on an Oaken Soul build. Orders and Gormond, that's just that's going to be a ton of damage between those two. And then Oaken Soul is going to give you uh, even more damage plus some really good survivability. It's going to simplify your your play style. Um, one thing, one concern I would have about an Oaken Soul setup, especially if you're just dipping into PvP for the first time, is that could end up being a crutch that's difficult to do away with later on. If you're used to just never ever having to manage your buff timers at all, and it's just not something your brain ever thinks about, mm -hmm. it might be hard to kind of wire that part of your brain back up later when when you try a double bar build. Uh, Uncle Sam suggests deadly strikes as your front bar set. Not a bad idea for using yeah. the beam. Yeah, that works well on Templar. 
But yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's going to, it doesn't matter what we could tell you the most OP build on the planet, you know, but there's not going to be any substitute for just getting in there and, uh, just dying a bunch and getting some experience and trying to learn from, from it each time. Nobody jumps in there and is amazing right away. You know, you're going to die a bunch and you just have to be willing to laugh at yourself and learn and make tweaks to your build from, from one, one encounter to the next. Um, you know, no build that I use is going to work perfectly for you and, and vice versa. That's what's great about PVP builds. They're all so personal. And like Uncle Sam, for example, has things that he thinks are mandatory for his build that he can't do without. And I have my own list of things that I think yep. are mandatory for my builds. And they're it's different from Sam's list. And it's all, you know, everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. And you just need to try to take advantage of your strengths, play down your weaknesses, you know, like. Um, sometimes my reaction time isn't super great, but I have very, very good situational awareness. So I really lean on that and I don't let anyone take me by surprise, you know, and you can go a long way with that sort of thing. It has nothing to do with my build, right? It's just, uh, me using my brain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question, JJ. Thank you very much for writing in. I would just say, I mean, I would just say one last thing to that email, uh, for JJ. I don't think he mentions what he plays on, but. You know, if he if you play on PC and A, you know, come come join the goons. Like, come play oh, BGs yeah. with us. Like, absolutely, we'd be happy to to duo or group up or you know join the BG night. Um, there's I, I would that's one thing I would highly point out is is that playing with this group and the goons is that's where I've learned the most about BGs and sets and what works and and just you know discussions and interacting and theory crafting. We're always doing it, and so there's a lot to learn in that. And even if you don't play PC and A. You know, just come and chat in the Discord, and and there's a lot of learning conversations that are happening there too. So. Oh yeah, you'll just learn a ton of just through natural osmosis, just being in the Discord. We're constantly talking about build ideas, and that stuff just kind of sticks after a while. You know, you read through these conversations of build decisions people are trying to make, why they like this ability, why they don't like using this one, and that stuff will just kind of stick in your brain after a while, and you'll be making those decisions for yourself. You know. Um, so yeah, our, our discord's a great place. Uh, whether you're on the PCNA server or not, you, uh, you should definitely come join us. Uh, who's your favorite Davius favorite email? This is a tough one. We had some Man, great emails this week. There's, we had a lot of great emails. So, so great I've got to, I've got to say honorable mentions, uh, grizzly con honorable mention. loved that email. The, the buff slot nerf was a lot of fun. Super fun. Uh, and then another honorable mention. I'm going to go want to buy my dog. The slap skill line was fantastic. But I'm going to give the winner to, to actually JJ, uh, just JJ. mainly because we got a new PvP player. He's he's coming new to PvP. He seems excited about it. Uh, I always love new players coming to PvP. Uh, makes, you know, it's more fun to play with more people, plus our queue times get a little bit easier. So uh, excited okay, to have JJ, you, JJ. JJ did not uh, share their, like, gamer tag info. I don't know what... Uh platform they're on so give me a runner-up just in case i'm not able to get jj the the runner-up is the one to buy my dog i the slap okay the the slap skill line really got me kind of kind of cracking okay i will do my best (laughs) to get to reach out to jj but if if they're if he's on a if they're on a different server i can't do anything Sam is upset that Doug is said, something good is any, happening to one of our anybody <laughs> but Doug is Uncle Sam. <laughs> no. Um, uh. 
that was a great email. I had fun with that one. But we had a lot of even going back to TJ. I mean, it's so nice that TJ just sending us a nice email. Like we really, this was a great lineup of emails. Like really appreciate uh-huh. TJ sending in just nice words. Like just he really didn't have to do that and just send in nice stuff. So seriously, this is like an all star lineup of emails. Just like yeah. some great emails. Um. Scrolling podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send the emails. Uh, so thank you guys for writing in. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. And it also just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. It's also the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. If you'd like to join, send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. If your guild roster is full or if you play on a different server, then just come join our Discord. Uh, everyone who's in the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. Um, everyone is welcome. We'd love to have you. Scroll on podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, an easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a star rating or a written review. It just helps uh, people find our show more easily. Uh, if you want to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and receive Stoons Boon for $3 a month. And that gets you some some extra benefits, including the Booncast, which is like a short podcast uh, episode that I do alone on the off weeks. I'm still talking about ESO stuff. Uh, and there's some other benefits as well. Um, but if you can't do Patreon right now, then just come hang out on the Discord. That doesn't cost anything. And we have one of the best communities on the Internet. And like I said, everybody's welcome. Come one, come all. We'd love to have you. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com once again. Shout out to the chat. We have Jorl, KDMS, Uncle Sam. I think I saw Wilhelm Morty in here earlier. Thank you guys for joining us and hanging out. Always a good time. Uh, shout out to Uncle Sam, Jorl, KDMS, Slavka, Taggard, Kingnar, Crimson Knight, Wanna Buy My Dog, CPU Scientist, Wilhelm. <laughs> uh, we've all just been hanging out a lot in Discord and playing a lot of BGs and leveling up our Arcanists and just chilling out, hanging out. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for hanging out and for sticking around for so long. I feel like I've said hanging out too many times. <laughs> Uh, and then shout out to our Stoons Boon uh, recipients, our Patreon supporters, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas, Taggard, and Mother of Dragons. Thank you guys so much. Davies, do you have anything else? I think we covered everything. Only took us two hours. Not bad. <laughs> two, almost two hours on the dot. Yeah, not too bad at all. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening and we'll see you next time.